Jurassic Park fragment or discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Minute Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to end out the week with minute 73 of Jurassic Park 3. Before we get to that, David, over at Jurassicpedia.com we have a write-up on the uh, crane we've been seeing in the uh, river itself and I'll, I'll include the, uh, the dock or the, the marina article as well here because we've been talking about them both for the last few minutes and uh, here at Jurassicpedia we've got the articles for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, we've already, you posted up the uh, the concept art from the marina as well uh, that went up a couple of minutes ago, and um, I did. Looking here with the uh, the construction crane, we got the photo of the spinosaur just as uh, Grant fires the flare at it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple other good photos too. I might I might make it my mission to actually do something <laughs> for Peter and uh, and add a couple more photos here with the crane itself and see if I can find a real world counterpart because I. It's not really a crane I'd see as um, as cargo lifting for uh, for lifting cages on and off the boats, but I know a lot of cranes this similar shape. You could either have uh, tracks under them or they could be mounted on the back of a truck. So I'd really love to see under the waterline <laughs> as to what's under this crane. If it's uh, if it's a track vehicle self propelled or if it's um, mounted to a crane, if it's a crane truck. I kind of imagine that it's a. Um, just looking at the design, it's a has a caterpillar. Um, yeah. It it's got the uh, treads, not the not the um, not it's not a truck. You know, I hmm. my uncle owns a crane company, and judging by the look of it, his he owns all truck cranes, and yep. this doesn't look like any he owns. <laughs> But in saying that too, it is very old. Um, it's definitely it definitely wasn't new in '93 when uh, when this was all being built. No. But at the same time, I mean, he's got trucks and he's got truck cranes in his fleet from that go all the way back to the '80s. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's obsolete. Yep. Um, yeah. In fact, he still has one from the original company name that kind of half still has the company the old company name on it so it's kind of <laughs> funny because he gives that one to his brother he gives the uh, the oldest crane in the fleet to his brother <laughs> uh, um, I know personally with the trucking company I was with the, uh, the boss loved to have some older trucks just for mm-hmm. the um, just for the look and oh, not nostalgia but just the look and the uh, and the fact of having him, but unfortunately he'd never drive. He'd always give him to other people to drive, and those other people would always crack the, crack the poos because they got stuck with the old crap, and other people got to drive the new stuff. When the boss just thought, well, it's it's a classic truck. Why don't you want to drive it? Well, it's, got no, it's got no air conditioning for a start. Where do you want me to start? That was a tangent. Head over to dot com and uh, check out all the stuff for the crane and the. Uh, the marina site. Here you go, my friend. Make sure you get as close as you can. I'll give you something extra if you make it a good trip. <laughs> I'm gonna get you close, my friend, but not too close, eh? You don't want to be eaten. All right, Dave, ready to end out this week and uh, get into minute 50, no, 73. Sure. As we ended minute 72 of Jurassic Park 3, the cage had been pulled from the front of the boat. Just after Alan managed to get a call away to Ellie, Time he's on site B and the river. As we open on minute 73, the big spinosaurus thrashing its head around the water, 
sending up waves of spray, while under the water the cage continues to tip until it suddenly thuds on the bottom of the river. But before it does, Paul manages to get free and swims to the surface. At 12 second mark, the Spinosaur lifts its head out of the water and roars, and a torrent of water runs down from its jaws. Paul surfaces upriver and sees the Spinosaur towering over the cage and his family inside. He turns and sees the crane in the water behind him and starts swimming towards it. Inside the cage, the Spinosaur's massive hand is scooping around trying to grab Amanda and Eric and pull them out. At the 44 second mark, we cut back to Paul as he starts to climb the crane, getting higher and higher. Inside the cage, the clawed hand grabs Amanda and cuts her, tearing her clothing. At the 50 second mark, we cut to the tiny figure of Paul up atop the crane as he yells out, hey, trying to get the Spinosaur's attention. He starts waving his hands and yelling louder, and the Spinosaur turns and looks towards him and roars. And as the minute ends, the big animal turns and ignores the cage and starts to move towards Paul as he sits atop that tiny crane. As the Spinosaur's fishing around uh, with its big head and its arms, it, uh, it must clip the cage here because it goes for a bit of a tumble. And uh, as it does, the cage door comes open and Paul's able to swim free. And it, it's sort of weird here in this nice crystal blue uh, tank water. It looks like a can of deodorant or something goes floating by. I, I've tried to slow it down. I cannot see. It's obviously something that they pulled out of the boxes when I was searching for a weapon. Mm-hmm. But, yeah... It looks like a little can of aerosol paint. I think it's that silver can that we saw spill out earlier. Okay. I wonder if it's a thermos. I considered that myself because it kind of did look like a thermos. Yeah. If someone's going to work for the day, then a flare gun, a pair of pliers, a thermos, and a torch is probably something probably on the list to take to work. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of... I would imagine those would be like basic things you'd shove into your little uh, your little work uh, toolbox, you know? Yeah, yeah. Up above, the uh, Spinosaur is roaring again in frustration. <laughs> it does it does love to make some sound up there as uh, it's fishing around, but um, we get to see the cage come to rest on the bottom of the river and uh, sitting on sitting on that cage door end and as you were saying last week uh, last minute you can clearly see the uh, the stones the stony bottom here which would in nice sunny daylight conditions would uh, would lend you to believe the water would be this clear but it's sort of odd here because it does come around and sit on the bottom yet all of a sudden mm-hmm. we've got about a foot of the cage sitting above the waterline as well which <laughs> maybe it's sort of we didn't see it, but it sort of rolled downstream a little bit and found a shallow, shallow section. It probably did, I'd imagine, because at this point they're getting kind of they kind of the spinosaurus kind of pushed everything closer to shore, you know. Yeah, well, earlier when we see the spinosaur come up beside the boat in its appearance, it's sort of knee to knee to thigh deep in the water. Where mm-hmm. here the sort of cage is, we got a foot of it sitting out of the water, and when we get in a minute, when it's sort of looking at the crane, you can see it's nearly ankle deep. It, um, mm-hmm. But we've we've mentioned before too the the changing scale in sizes between the, <laughs> the animatronic yeah. and the uh, the CG as well. Uh, a little goof that we have here when the cage comes to rest at the bottom of the river is you can clearly, plain as day, see a reflection of the camera light in the water. Uh, against the metal of the cage, I mean, it's just a it's just a bright circle on the 
uh, beam of the corner. Mm. Well, they, yeah, they would have had the divers underwater here with the uh, yeah. with the underwater cameras. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there shouldn't be any lighting source <laughs> underwater here. Yeah, yeah, that is a little one. <laughs> but it's sort of lucky for the uh, the inhabitants, sort of people inside the cage here, that it comes to rest on the bottom and sticks out because it means they can all sort of come up above the waterline and get a big breath of much needed air. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how most people uh, try to hold their breath when during a water scene, or some people do. <laughs> some people, I, I, I mean, I try it sometimes. I nearly died during Finding Nemo, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. I will admit, I did try doing it during the scene when I was a kid, and I could never hold my breath the whole time. That's sort of one of those things with underwater scenes. Like we know, we know the scuba divers are there. We've got teams with um, tanks and that. To help out, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure this cage probably isn't even steel, or it's probably got breakaway sections. So, if in the event of mm-hmm. something happening, they can break it away pretty quick and get the actors out of the water. But it does look good, especially again. These are the real. These are the actors in there for most of this, or pretty much all of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Doing the underwater stuff, which it just adds adds to adds to the realism a lot. When you haven't got a, a CG face or something, where they've tried to hide the fact it's not Grant getting tossed around in the cage or something. But, um, but Paul pops his head out of the water a little way away from everyone else and looks downstream at the uh, massive animal standing over the cage and, as I said before, sort of barely knee deep in the uh, the water now. Um, but then he turns and sees that submerged crane behind him, which they seem to be a bit further apart here than what they should be. Because we know that crane was before, and we know, well, at the end of the minute, where he's sort of yelling at the Spinosaur, it looks like the Spinosaur is nearly under the crane already, or a lot mm-hmm. closer. Maybe that's just the perspective of the camera being further away. But yeah. um, but he swims towards the crane and starts to climb up it. And here we, again, for some reason, we get a reuse shot of that Spinosaur fishing around in the water, where clearly <laughs> we know the cage ends above the water. It, it should be able to see, unless something else turned around and has its back to him. But uh, we get a couple of cuts here of sort of its clawed hand reaching in through that smaller opening of the door at the end of it. Um, and it's sort of rooting around there trying to find Grant, Eric, and uh, and Paul, and uh, Grant. Grant, Eric, Amanda. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> oh, confusion. Um, but while this is happening too, we do get a cut back to, uh, to Paul as he starts climbing up the crane and if you're uh, if you've got that HD on, you can see in the background over the top of the crane the uh, the pylons for the aviary that um, that are in the background of this scene. We mentioned a couple of minutes ago in some of the behind the scenes stuff the fact they use reusing the uh, the aviary canyon water set. I know. I was looking at I was looking at the shore and I'm like, wait, is is that the K? Is that the K? The uh, aviary door back there? And I'm like. <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to notice that. No, no. Maybe maybe a little bit bright with the lightning. <laughs> or mm. not, not dark enough to contrast. But um, inside the cage, Amanda's pretty much dead as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, she should have died here because the Spinosaur is moving its hand around. Um, it, it's, it hasn't got any feel in its claws, so it's not gently reaching and trying to grab. Um, I don't know if it would be able to determine the difference between the different feel between a person... And the cage wall. I think it's just sort of reaching off the hand, just trying to grab it, whatever, and um, pulling it out. You'd think those big claws would just tear her apart. 
I know. I mean, you you even hear a ripping sound as her shirt gets ripped, and you see blood in the water. But I'm like, but they never, and they make a very very uh, distinct point to focus in on that shot. Mm. But then nothing ever come becomes of it. I thought maybe she would get infected from the uh, from the microbes in the water, or she'd get gangrene or something. Something would. Uh, come out of that close-up shot of her being scratched and ripped up by the Spinosaurus claw. But yeah. nothing does. It, it had a ticking clock. If she if she was getting septic or something, it had that ticking clock to them needing to get off the island and get, get to help. But mm-hmm. uh, as you're saying, like the next scene when we get uh, them walking through the jungle in mourning, her clothes... I'm pretty sure their clothes are all dry again, and there's no, there's no bloodstains, nothing. Um, mm which is just, yeah, it's, it might be a poor attempt at tension here with them in the in the cage, but I, I don't really don't think it works real well. No, I don't think so either. But uh, back over with Paul, he's uh, he's climbed the main the main beam, main arm of the crane, and he's up on top and he yells, but he's not really noticed. So he starts waving and jumping, <laughs> jumping up there and waving his hands, yelling louder. And that's when uh, the big animal over the sound of the rain, the thunder, sees him and roars at him and as the minute ends we get that uh, I really love this CD, the CG shot of the Spinosaur sort of with that the wind blowing the rain across its body and uh, the tiny image of Paul up on top of the crane as it starts to walk through the water towards him um, mm-hmm. I know I, I really like that look that, or that shot too actually I haven't looked yet but I hope I can get a good screen cap of it in high def <laughs> post up on the page but uh yeah paul's in trouble we're going to find out what happens to him next minute but anything else on that dave you want to get to before we go to script we're good all right over with the script uh not a lot here with all his might um after the the cage sort of goes in the ground everyone's trapped inside it and paul's free sort of looks underwater and sees the situation everyone drowning essentially and um he swims underwater and with all his might manages to push the cage over which uh, takes the weight off the door and lets Grant, uh, Eric and Amanda swim free. But uh, everyone does swim free, but Paul's not that lucky. Uh, the Spinosaur reaches down and grabs the cage in its jaws and throws it clear of the water, with Paul still holding onto the bars. And uh, he flies about 20 feet further away from the shore. Uh, both Eric and Amanda see this and think the worst. And it's sort of a kind of uh, what we get later on when we see the train cop- topple over as well. It's, it's Paul's last sort of Oh, his bit of bravery to save his family and seemingly dying in the consequent or as a result but as we see later not so much the case and uh, in the novel the Spinosaur picks up the cage again uh, in its jaws pulling it out off uh, out of the water uh, giving everyone a chance to breathe um, and then it's dropped and it turns over it sinks so it turns around it inverts it so it's always pointing upwards instead of downwards as it sinks but uh the Spinosaur starts moving its armour inside the cage. Eric almost has his short turn, uh, shirt torn. So it's Eric in the novelisation that nearly gets that done. Again, <laughs> poor attempt at building tension. Um, Paul surfaces near the dock and sees a, the big animal trying to get to his family uh, and realises he's the only one that can save them. He swims to the dock and climbs, or starts climbing up an abandoned crane arm and uh, he waves frantically yelling at, yelling at the animal, hey, hey, over here. And uh, the big animal turns the cage in its hands. It roars at Paul, 
and says he is as vulnerable as a worm on a fish hook, which he's not hanging from the crane, he's standing on top of it, but yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty much, he hasn't got a lot between him and the Spinosaur, maybe a little bit of height, or as we know from previous uh, movies, he's uh, at a very convenient biting height. <laughs> very true. Yep. And uh, that's when the animal sort of casts the cage aside and starts coming for him. So that's where we are in uh, the film, the novel, and the script. The Spinosaur is seen Paul up on that crane and is coming over to say hello. <laughs> but uh, David, that's minute 73. Done for another week. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I think we're good. All right, lovely. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is Jurassic Minutes. .wordpress.com and you can find The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur man!